Ah, that flipping phone again. I can't get anything done because it keeps ringing. But I can't miss the opportunity to book people into clinic either. If only there was a solution that handled my calls live and linked them directly to my diary, letting me do what I do best. What a resource that would be. LiveLink Resource, a premium virtual assistance, specifically healthcare trained, so you free up your time and continue to book patients into the clinic. LiveLink Resource, your phone call solution, no matter the size of your healthcare business. Hello and welcome to You Matter. Welcome to session 20 of You Matter, nice round number. Now, this one's a little bit different. It's not the episode I planned, last minute change of plan. Uh, Literally this morning, I had no guest and I thought, hmm, can I just talk? There are a load of things that have been going around in my head recently, uh, conversations with clients, conversations with friends, um, things I'd like to talk about. Can I just can I just talk? Um, and will that be in any way palatable to my listeners? But then whilst walking the dog early this morning, I thought, oh, who might be brave enough to come on last minute and interview me to turn the tables a little bit? So I sent my good friend Martin Christensen a message. Um, he said yes. And half an hour later, we recorded this episode. So it is a turn the tables. It is Martin Christensen interviewing me on some things that have been rattling around my head. See what you think. Hope you enjoy it. I'll see you at the end. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 20th episode of You Matter podcast. I will be your guest host today. I'm Martin Christensen, Fusu from Norway, the forefather of failures, and Joe Turner in an unfortunate series of events has called me in today to lead. So, Joe, what the hell? (laughs) Yep, that's absolutely what's happened. Um, I found myself with two days to go and no podcast guest and part of me was thinking oh it's okay you haven't missed a month yet just let a month go but I didn't want to do that and so I thought "Mm, okay there's some things been going around my head I'm always always mulling things over Um, and some of those are potentially interesting discussions some are just nonsense that goes on in my head but I thought, who can I ask? Who do I enjoy chatting to? Who might be brave enough to come on last minute and be a guest host? So I contacted you, Martin, literally half an hour ago, I think, while I was walking the dog and said, would you come on and and, um, interview me on my own podcast? And as I just said to you when we were talking just now, I've done the ultimate control freakery thing of inviting somebody on to interview me and tell them what they're going to ask me. (laughs) Oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. So, but... I was the last one on your list, right? I was the only one that answered. I had, I had one more to go. One more, yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. who, who, who was the last one? You really don't want to know. <laughs> it was Tattoo. Was it? Yeah. Jesus, all right. That's okay. But anyways, <laughs> since I am the uh, kind soul that I am, I'll do this for you. And one of the things you wanted to talk about today is the everlasting the ever so popular imposter syndrome Mm. yeah yes you're right everlasting um increasingly unpopular i find subject of imposter syndrome 
Um, when I started coaching physios, a lot of people asked me what sort of things I thought I would be helping physios with. And um, at the time, my stock answer was, I imagine it will be imposter syndrome and perfectionism. Not based on any experience at that time, <laughs> apart from my experience of myself and the numerous physios that I'd worked with over the 20, 25 years before that. Um, has it played out? Uh, yes, it has. Um, it's not always called imposter syndrome. It's mostly showing up in a phrase like, I just find myself constantly concerned that I'm going to do the wrong thing with the patient. I'm going to get found out. And if um, so, what I do about it is I do another course or I talk to somebody and, you know, if, if I can just do a bit more of that, then I will be OK. So it just keeps on going. Yeah. yeah. You're doing what you're afraid of. Yes, exactly. So, I don't think of... I'm good enough to do this. So I'll do another course. Yes. Let's talk to another person. All right. I yeah. like it. So I've started to call that the qualification trap. Um, and I'm honestly not, not anti-CPD, not anti-people improving themselves. And goodness, I've done a million courses over the years. But as you say, it's that um, sort of expectation that a course, I don't, I don't think anyone believes that any course is going to solve the problem and turn them into the best physio ever. But what I hear is almost this understanding, you know, but it'll chip away at it. It'll make me a bit better and then I'll yeah. do another one and then I'll be a bit better again. Um, but I mean, two things with courses. First, as you've just said, it just feeds into the problem and it's like there's this rainbow with the pot of gold at the end. And when you get to it, uh, the, the pot of gold is, is far away again. And you never quite get to that point, that nebulous point where you feel OK and you've killed the imposter. Um, but the other thing I think about courses is that if you've ever tried to deliver somebody else's speech or somebody else's thoughts, like being asked to come on a podcast last minute and, and come into someone's brain, it's really, really difficult. And I think often you go on a course and you absorb somebody else's musings and opinions and experience, and then you go and try and fit that into your own life with yeah. your patients. And it doesn't work. And But I think the very best you can do is, is take some of that and then apply it in the context of you and your own experience and yeah. your life and your patience and that really in a roundabout ways were how I've come to think about imposter syndrome I, I gave you the phrase the imposter takeover yeah in, if we're not careful what happens is we buy into that myth that the next conversation with somebody we admire, the next course or whatever is yeah. going to improve things. And it's almost like we're trying to fill ourselves with loads and loads and loads of other people's stuff. And the takeover, I think, is of ourselves. And we forget that we started off this fantastic profession as beautiful, intelligent, curious, interesting, funny individuals. Yeah. And so much of that is what... Not necessarily what gets our patients better but it but it is our brand of physio and who we are and I think the imposter takeover is when you've absorbed so much of other people's stuff and so much concern that you don't know enough and somebody else does or some other source of information does that yeah. you get squashed the most yeah. powerful part of your your process gets destroyed okay so what I'm what I'm kind of hearing is is this is this resetting of definition you reset every time you achieve something you reset your goal 
a little bit higher and it yeah. always resets itself. And, and what you're implying is that we need to be aware of that goal and trying to incorporate it into ourselves and not just be pushed pushed yeah. further and further on. Is that is that correct? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I would say take everything you hear, well, not everything you hear and absorb it, because a lot of the stuff you hear, you won't even want to take on board, but all the bits that you like, take them in and think, well, how does that sit in the context of me? Yeah. Um, personally, I think the, the most successful areas of um, therapy um, that I have incorporated into my life have been things where I quite liked a principle. And then over time, I just brought more and more and more of me into it. And it became my version of that thing. Yeah. So I think there's been discussion like this about uh, motivational interviewing. Right. Where you have that camp saying this is kind of manipulating and the other camp is saying it's not that at all. Just what you said there reminds me of that discussion. What yeah. can I incorporate? What does it mean? What does it imply? Uh, so I think where you're headed now is a good way to, to, to go on to something else that you said to be self-aware and self-preserving yeah yeah now how does that fit into the ever the never-ending search and redefining of boundaries how does yeah. that fit in yeah self-preservation um i think i, I think i've actually said this in, in an interview with somebody before i think self-compassion particularly in these times looks like self-preservation um and you know you i think you're picking up well enough martin i don't mean literally survival although it might be but it's yes exactly (laughs) preserving of self um, is what i mean um yeah and the imposter takeover is where we have not protected ourselves enough for it to be preserved so we become a, a pastiche or somebody else's version of of physio or or a human being um but in order to preserve yourself you've got to have self-awareness um and self-acceptance there's lots of self aren't there yeah so i didn't mean to bring in this topic particularly today but self-compassion is something that comes up quite often in the the coaching sphere and it's a very popular topic at the moment um here we go my version my interpretation of self-compassion is acceptance of the parts of yourself which you actually think are probably fairly unacceptable um, in some circles or terms or even in your own head, but you're willing to try and accept them anyway. And in doing so, you are preserving the whole of yourself. And if I try and draw that back to physio, maybe self-preservation looks like accepting that you are not going to be the most brilliant at every technique and you're not even going to be brilliant every day um acceptance of the part of you that sometimes or the version of you that is sometimes tired sometimes overwhelmed sometimes bored um sometimes less than the perfect physio for that person and just accepting that that is still part of you but how do you do that how do you do that joe no. By constant, yeah, good question. Yeah. By constantly asking myself, so how do I do that acceptance bit? I've learned to ask myself the unacceptable. <laughs> so, Joe, 
what if that patient actually thinks you're not even rubbish, but just okay? What if that patient goes away and tells their, their friend that they had physio with Joe Turner and it was all right, felt a bit better. It was all right, wasn't great, but you know, it wasn't, wasn't bad. Can you can you live with that, Joe? And usually the first response is no way. <laughs> and then you go, okay, well, really, can you? Mm, okay, well, what if I could? What if I could actually just live with the fact that that patient on that day doesn't think I'm brilliant, they just think I'm okay. Hmm. Actually, yeah, I think I can live with that. Yeah. And then the next time, okay, Joe, you've just shouted at your son when he didn't deserve it. And if somebody saw you do that, they'd think you're a pretty unpleasant person. Can you live with that? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think so. It's always, it's always, no, I don't think so. And, and you know, my fear-based animal self goes, no way, let's reject all of those horrible things. Um, but literally, how do I do self-acceptance? I try to accept the unacceptable and I fail yeah. repeatedly, but it gets yeah. easier each time yeah. you dare to, to go, maybe I could. But you're using what you're describing now is using the self-aware technique to just, to just sit down and, and go through the, the situation. Mm. What can I do now? What, what happened? What did I do? And, and of course the problem here is that, well, in the example of shouting out your kids in front of others, the others is the problem, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being, being watched. Yeah. And it's the same, and now we're backing into the imposter syndrome, is being watched and being observed by others. And the yes, judgment and passed on. And even the others that you've created in your own head when there aren't actually yeah. others there to, to provide that service for you. Yeah, and the others can be yourself as well. Mm. So that's a that's a good uh, good thing. Is okay. Is is there any other things you you find yourself doing on a regular basis to help you cope with the, the heavy days, the questioning days, the imposter days, uh, the uh, uh, like myself now, just even jumping in and telling you I'm willing to do this interview with you, and of course I'm afraid that I will not be able to speak English and mm. you're afraid because you told me to take the wheel and this yeah. podcast is going in a very weird direction anytime now but is there any other things you do Joe for yourself that you use as a, as a tool technique or whatever to let sure. things go remind me I want to talk about trust and kindness after this point um, <laughs> I'll forget once I started rambling about the other point um, so the first thing is going back to self-compassion. Um, and again, it's a buzzword and it's overused and it's abused. Um, but it's basically being kind to yourself. But I think if we take your example just now, so yeah, you might, you and I will get through this because we do and we like talking to each other and it's great. Um, and there will probably for both of us be a moment an hour, hour or two's time where we go, oh, but what about that one thing? Okay, uh, and so-and-so, oh my God, so-and-so's going to hear this and, and, and what and what and what and what. And it yeah. will be the stuff that comes afterwards. It's really, I think it's really in the moment. If you've committed to do something um, and you and I are you know, both the type of personalities that we are going to do it because we've said we will, it's, it's how you deal with what comes afterwards. And yeah. I think the first thing is forgive yourself because those voices will come and, you know, one caveat on anything that I say about coaching, what I've understood, is always that 
I will never get to the point where I can do all of this stuff. I'm just trying to gather more and more insight and practice more and more to get to get more proficient at it. But I think you if you can get to the point where you go, okay, there's the voices. Yeah, I knew they would come and that's okay because I'm a human and I care. And I want that podcast to be good and I want it to be meaningful for people. And that's why now I'm questioning. So first, that's okay. I, I forgive myself for having those voices. And now let's just have a realistic conversation with them. Um, yeah. Actually, okay. all, the, all the practical things. You said having the talk with the voices, the insecurity voices and, and, and the questioning voices, of course, ignoring the voices telling you to kill everyone. But that's, <laughs> that's another voice. Uh, but can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear. Is the sound, is it not working from my end? Yeah. Oh, it's my connection. Oh. Button. Um, hang on. Okay. Am I back? You're back? I think it was Good. my connection. Yeah, okay. Because I'm, 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 uh, I'm currently at my clinic, so. Yeah, no, I think it was okay. my end. That's fine. All right. All right. So you're talking about doing specific things uh, to calm yourself down, to go through the emotions, the, the familiar emotions and the familiar things that happens and using them. Uh, but you said you want also wanted to get into trust and kindness, not yeah. trust, 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 trust. Trust. <laughs> Is that a tricky word? <laughs> from yeah, me. for me, that's a tricky word. <laughs> I'm not yeah. even going to try that in a Yeah. Why the hell did you trust me to do this to you? Um, because I've decided that trust and kindness are two things that I really, really, oh, not even that I want to live by. I, they are just good guides for me at the moment. I've decided it's those two words, trust and kindness. Yeah. So I will trust that whatever version of this podcast that you and I put out will be right for a certain number of people. And I will have kindness to you and myself that it won't be perfect, but it will be what it needs to be. Um, and I can't, well, I could phone you up afterwards, Martin, and, and support you with kindness. But from my own point of view, when those voices come, kindness will be a practical equivalent of wrapping someone up in your arms and going there, there. So a yeah. soothing, a soothing process. So I've actually already walked the dog, but if I hadn't, then that is a soothing process for me. Um, it might be taking a shower. Uh, it, it's usually for me something tactile, something that feels soothing. Um, and, you know, massages and things like that get a, a bad Rap sometimes when you're talking about self-compassion and it can all sound a little bit fluffy but actually if it's just a process of calming your nervous system down and, and literally going there there that helps and and for me that that quietens those voices that are a little bit mean and you know, rather than trying to fight them just go yeah okay hi i know they're there it's all right yeah and and you also said this so you wrote to me that Seeing this out loud to other people in a clinical setting and doing it for yourself is two different beasts. Yes. But but, but it sounds like you're taking taking your knowledge and you're taking control and directing it to towards yourself. Yes. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, and, 
and accepting that I'm someone that needs it. Yeah. And this, <laughs> and, and this has been quite uh, a bit of my point with, with all the things I'd, I've done and said, is that accepting ourselves and our, you know, uh, our weaknesses and strengths and doing, doing it. So mm -hmm. for me, what you're saying now for me is what I did and, and showed myself pantless on, on, on Twitter is kind of the same <laughs> thing, you know, em that embracing those, those, uh, those human, very normal human things and, and saying, yeah. as you said, they're there. It's okay. We're just, we're still, we're still just ourselves. Yeah. So yeah and you could say that you decided to take on those feelings and I think actually there there is a version of taking on feelings it's it's still a battle but it's a soft hearted sort of soft fronted battle as opposed okay. to absolute direct conflict um you know and we know that works well in actual conflict situations as well okay that's good I'm gonna I'm gonna deviate a little bit from your mm. plan now Joe, okay. that's oh. okay. Yeah, but I think because I think it's 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 kind of up this conversation, Sally. Uh, social media mm -hmm. and likes and mm -hmm. views and confirmation. I, I'm a part of your MeHub group mm -hmm. in there, and a while ago you posted a post. You posted something about. Uh, it was after the 3rd of July, wasn't it? Um, yeah. I'm not sure, quite sure what you're going to refer to, possibly. Oh, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, po you posted something about uh, being so stressed out and nervous and, and trying to deliver quality content. Uh, well, at the same time, a part of yourself is just counting the number of views. Yeah. And likes. Yes. And... And I think this fits. This question fits really good into to self care and self preservation, or whatever you want to, mm. to call and, and frame it. How can we acknowledge and and maybe comprehend and understand and 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 work through that little bit of us counting the likes, counting the views. And this is okay? Is it bad for us? Do mm. you know what I'm getting at? I do, and I remember this statement now. Yeah, and I think I posted it fairly quickly after doing the talk. Yeah, and it was, you're right, it, it was me laughing at myself um, afterwards, acknowledging that that my eye had been on that bottom right side of the screen whilst trying to you know, talk about uh really important things around coaching and self-care and all that kind of stuff and yeah and I was just amused at myself um and that's my simple answer to your question yeah laugh at ourselves um you yeah. I think if I remember correctly you actually responded to that post and you said um Joe of course you count the likes you you care about what went out um and that was a really soothing statement for my nervous system and she went oh yeah, yeah. yeah. okay so I think it relates to what we've just said. Don't go into battle 
with that situation and go, right, I'm going on a equivalent of a social media diet now where I would not care. Um, Okay, I will just annex part of my brain, which, you know, is very determined to not be annexed. Um, And, you know, for a week or so, maybe I won't care about likes. Maybe it's a good idea to try and calm it a little bit. But um, I I think, again, it's that's self-acceptance and you yeah. preserve your your own worth by just going yeah i'm a bit of a plonker aren't I? <laughs> but it's an acknowledgement right that it's a part and it, yes. it it does influence us and and as you said some weeks more than others but it's mm. that's it's really what i'm hearing from you all the time is that accept those things see discuss with yourself what do they do for me what don't to do what can I do what can't I do and and kind of not shoving it away and be self-righteous or trying to be something you're not yeah yes and Um, just accept that yeah Yeah. and again I would ask the same question of myself if I was being that self-aware in that moment what if people just think all Joe cares about is how much uh how much we like and comment on her post what if some people think that can I accept that Mm. Maybe, maybe I can. And yeah. actually, um, there's a there's a one of the points that I sent you this morning, Martin, was about. Um, I think I probably worded it incorrectly on the the thing I sent you, but it was the distinction between caring about people and caring yeah. about what other people think about you, basically. Yeah. And and this is something that I has been very much in my mind recently because I've observed observed certain people in physio. You're actually one of them. Um, I'll get to the point in a minute. And I reflect that in relation to a lot of what people say to me in coaching practice. Now, I'm going to be careful and not you know, give away, um, not um, damage any confidentiality. But um, a lot of people tell me how much they worry about what other people think about them. Um, yes, in, in the clinic room, you know, is that patient client going to think I'm doing a good job but more so it is around you know what will my peers think of me um and I don't know I I think I'm picking up a belief that if you stop caring what other people think about you you will stop being a caring person um okay yeah my reflection um don't want to embarrass you too much but um you are one of the people and I've met quite a few others um within physio who actually do a very good job of not caring too much what other people think about certain things but are amongst the most caring people I've ever met Um, and I'm almost starting to think there's almost a direct relationship um, in that if you if you can dull down your if you dull down your radar for what other people think you're actually going to be so much more present anyway with the people you are trying to care for so I'd almost say in order to be more caring, we need to stop caring so much about what other people think. Yeah. Maybe it's an extreme, but yeah, just starting to challenge this belief that I'm picking up that if I if I stop caring what everybody thinks and I just do what I want, um, then that means I'm not a caring person. Okay. It's rumbling around my head right now. Yeah. Okay. I think I see what you what you're getting at. Uh, and uh, and you know the the some of the things about that has been pushed 
earlier is that you need to stop caring about what other people think or you can't can't um, expand yourself mm. but also as a source of counter argument is that in caring about what other people think of you your actions your content or whatever mm. uh, you also has sort of reflection about how to show care how you care about others so it's kind of complex i i understand what you what you mean and i and i do find myself agreeing with you at the same time thinking oh hell i i count every like (laughs) (laughs) i i read every comments and i and i overthink every negative comments and i take every positive comment so it just goes to show how messy this can be, mm. how fluid it is. Yeah, it's not. It's that, not. It's not a concept with boundaries. This is just. No, there's no definite, and that's why I said I'm. I'm drifting towards. Yeah. Thought, um, and tomorrow I'll probably drift the other way. Um, yeah. so drifting in my head, um, and you're right in that feedback, particularly from the people we are serving is going to shape, you know, if, if we get feedback that actually, if we're honest, is absolutely reasonable and means we should slightly alter the way we're doing things, then that's good self-reflection. I think it becomes unhealthy when our whole locus of control becomes external. And this yeah. circles right back to our first point about, um, you know, the, the simple fact of going on courses and then and taking putting your own take on it. I think you lose if you lose an internal locus of control, you lose the ability to drive your own life. It just yeah. your whole life becomes a reflection um, and a reaction. Yeah, as opposed to an intentional process. Yeah, and that's also was one of your biggest points right at the start. You, you need to uh, incorporate it into you mm. and not just pass it on. Yeah, you don't lose you in the process. Yeah, exactly. And this kind of leads us over to uh, the other question about perfectionism and resourcefulness. Mm. You put down that as a point. Could you elaborate yeah. a bit on why you're so goddamn perfect, Joe? <laughs> well, I don't think the podcast is long enough for that, Martin, really. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> Good point. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> no, that wasn't my point. Um, so I said at the start that imposter syndrome and perfectionism were basically my best guesses as to what I would be spending a lot of my time coaching around. Yeah. Um, and again, perfectionism was one based on personal experience and the experience of a lot of people I work with. Um, these days I coach um, quite a few people who aren't physios as well um and perfectionism comes up time and time and time again um and i've been sort of trying to work out in my head different ways to support people if perfectionism is a problem because you know let's not judge perfectionism um because for many people it's a very positive force in their life and lots of people would just say it's it's not perfectionism it's or it is but it's a continuous process of me trying to do better in the world and and if the world gets more towards more perfect then you know that's good enough for me 
But yeah. when it becomes um, destructive in people's lives, when they're coming to me saying, this is something I want to change, I found myself talking about the concept of resourcefulness a bit more. So making the distinction between resourcefulness is you're going about your daily life um, and a problem comes up or you're treating a patient and something you're not quite sure about or hasn't come up before comes up. Your resourceful response is to find a solution in the moment. Um, and it may be something you've done before. It may be something you've never done before. Um, you know, maybe if you're out walking and you know, somebody injures themselves, you may have to find yourself making a tool or, or, you know, something out of something that you didn't even know you were going to be looking for or using that day. For me, that's resourcefulness is reacting in the moment when you had no prior knowledge of that situation, as opposed to what I would say is perfectionism. Perfectionism is perfectionism is preparing yourself as best you can so that there is absolutely no situation that comes and bites you on the bum because you've never seen it before um, yeah. and i think the pragmatic distinction between the two is one is possible the other one isn't yeah and yeah and that also just what pops in my head is that perfectionism is that it's you either got it or you failed while yeah. resourcefulness is a made due managed this yeah. situation uh, and there are negatives and positives on, on both of those yes. uh, of course it must be said i i personally i hate perfectionists they're not they're not for me That's a big <laughs> statement so tell me about yeah. <laughs> no 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 you don't have the time for that joe but <laughs> no is is that kind of um uh stress as you said not uh, something not attainable mm. and and when does it become become uh, a challenge or when does it become uh, unhelpful mm. i thought i think that was what you what you used uh, and the idea idea for me that you can get something to be perfect is just ludicrous yeah and it's i think it's a um a disservice to the word perfect or perfection because you know it's true sense perfect is um like enlightenment it's a it's a point yeah. at some point in the future that is a good thing to aim for but you're never supposed to get there i'm going to tell you i'm going to shock my own dad and tell you a funny story <laughs> so my my dad is the most uh logical engineer uh ever liked and, you know things are pretty pretty logical in my dad's brain very intelligent man um very kind man but very logical um and it was my parents 60th um birthdays they were quite close in age and we all went on a family skiing holiday and um no it wasn't it was an anniversary it wasn't a um, wedding anniversary it must have been coming up to their 40th with the ages we were at their ruby anniversary And um, we went on a skiing holiday, my parents and my sister and I and we had young babies and stuff. And um, one of the gifts that my dad gave himself was he was going to do a parapont thing off the top of the mountain. So he and mum are going up on the chairlift and um, their anniversary was literally days away. And my mum was full of the joys of where they were with her family, beautiful scenery and um, sort of overwhelmed with the, the joy of life and said, oh, Brian, here we are. Um, you know, going to celebrate our anniversary. Oh, it's been such a great marriage, hasn't it? And my dad goes, hmm, 
not perfect, but great. <laughs> my mum, in an amused way, told us all when she came down. And my husband and my brother were all like, Brian, oh, my God, you cannot say that. What are you thinking? But my sister and I were just like, yeah, that's dad. Don't be hurt. He just means it wasn't perfect. He's perfectly happy with his marriage. He thinks he yeah. has a wonderful marriage, but it is not perfect. So you can't call it perfect. But they do have an amazing marriage. And if perfect is this unattainable but wonderful thing in the future that we can drift towards, then that's okay. <laughs> that's just a, that's a brilliant, brilliant story about how, how we understand the word as well. You know, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's not... <laughs> but, but the funny thing about perfect is, is that even though it's unattainable and this it is kind of up there is it's nirvana yeah moment can still be perfect can it yes true and in in imperfection can be perfect <laughs> yeah exactly so it's yeah. kind of it's an interesting thing uh but it's yeah not if you're brian though. <laughs> not if you're brian my dad yeah, I don't know. I can, I can, I can understand what it is said. All right, now we need to talk about boundaries, Joe. Mm. Setting boundaries, and this is something I wanted to actually I have have wanted to talk with you about because you come across as this deeply caring, empathic person, and you're a wonderful person to talk to and I always feel safe talking to you and I just yeah I love it and I imagine or I hear other people say the same things but every day you're in clinic you're talking to people like me you're working with what you do you're working with emotions feelings the the overwhelming nature of other person's life mm. so how do you set boundaries for yourself Joe? How do you not get drawn in and at the same time show the level of empathy that you do? Mm. Um, the honest answer is it's been one of my biggest challenges. Um, and the reason it's been going in my head recently is because I have been through my own shame fest um, around boundaries over the last couple of years. Um, so... I I started coaching at the beginning of the pandemic um, and pretty much about the same time my a, a close member of my family my daughter actually started to have some significant problems and I'm not going to say any more than that out of respect to her but just safe to say it was enough to affect me significantly on a day-to-day -day basis obviously it affected her massively but if we're talking about how we manage things at work um I'd had a little bit of a precursor to this situation because my mum actually had a, a nasty injury um a few years before and that similarly was something that was on my mind all the time when I was at work now my approach in life up until that point had been the only way is openness you talk everything through until it doesn't hurt anymore that that's my approach to life so bottling up wasn't a concept for me yeah. um, which is like no it just all comes out until the feelings aren't there anymore. let loose kraken yes exactly <laughs> like that um what i've learned is that is a lot easier on me than other people or it was when it worked for me 
but the stakes got higher in those two situations. And um, the the shameful situations for me were around the point where the feelings were so overwhelming that I couldn't contain them, um, never mind with friends and peers, but sometimes with patients. And for me, that was that was like a place I thought I couldn't go. Um, turns out actually, you know, I got through some of those situations and it's all right. And people are also incredibly kind um, mm. and letting people be kind to you is part of the, the process of managing. Um, the, the second thing is why I mentioned coaching is like, for goodness sake, I had just started on this process of providing a service where I'm supporting people and I need to be uh, in my head. I need to be that uber calm, always professional responsible safe place for other people and sometimes i feel like i'm on quicksand and depending on yeah. what's going on uh, on any particular day so i learned tons of things um i learned that um you can still function in in those environments um you can get through it but hey you need some boundaries <laughs> and yeah. for me the boundaries were with myself it was never a boundary that I needed to say I am not talking about this or you know you don't get to know about me it was a boundary with myself of how much I I let out and how much I allow to build up inside myself um at any particular moment and actually coaching was very helpful because I started developing a little ritual for myself before I went on to a um, a coaching call if I knew I was having a tough day I would take five ten minutes before and do some of those soothing practices deep breathing whatever prepare myself not to the point where I could be perfect because I couldn't because that stuff mm. is, but to be the point where I could be safe enough for the other person and safe for myself um the the other thing I learned is that it doesn't make you a better or worse clinician to be going through stuff. Um, and I think you hear both argued, you know, it's a bit like writing novels. You hear, oh, we can't possibly write a novel until you've, you've suffered enough. Um, yeah. I think sometimes people think that about therapy and, oh, it's okay. You know, I'm going through this stuff. So that will make me more empathic and, and I will then be better. No, I'm just going through something myself. I'm not going through what that person's going through. And it doesn't make me better at understanding their context of exactly the same situation even. Um, but equally gratifyingly, it doesn't make me worse. I can still do what I need to do. And yeah. actually that work environment can be the greatest bomb ever on certain days. Yeah. Because it feels safe. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's just the acceptance through it all and just boundaries are not necessarily saying no and stopping, yeah. but just taking control of some things. And I love that what you said about let people be kind to you mm. and i think that's a powerful message is just and i think we need we all need to work on that let people be kind take take gifts they're giving freely yeah. they are given because people want you to have it mm. and so i think that's a brilliant brilliant message and how arrogant not to how arrogant yeah. not to accept other people's kindness but to chuck it out there in the world all the time yeah so i've been and especially in our clinic you know we, we all had patients that can bring gifts haven't we yeah yeah and and, and so i've talked to some physios and some gps and some healthcare professionals that they said no i don't accept it 
at all, and I've always accepted. Now I'm in the in the particular situation that my gifts are probably mostly wine or dried fish. Yeah, or, you your know, fish. <laughs> or, or, I got I had actually got a lot of fish fillets. <laughs> People come, come, comes with a you know shopping bag, but oh, well, here's a five kilos. So God, <laughs> black market fish. Yeah, go knock yourself out. <laughs> <laughs> and there's me figuring out how to you know keep it cold and not smelly until yeah. I get home <laughs> so, but, as you, but but the point is is let let people give you something yeah let them decide what to give yeah. and let them decide if it's if if you're worth it it's not sometimes it's not up to you yeah you know? Yeah, I love that. Let them decide if you're worth it. Not you don't get to decide that. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, and <laughs> a word on self-indulgence, if we have time. Rob yes. Joe Turner. How are we doing? Do we have time? A word on self-indulgence. Yeah. Um, so. Again, when I started coaching, uh, I heard the phrase quite a lot, isn't this all a bit self-indulgent? And Mm. in my own head, "Mm, isn't this a bit self-indulgent? To be uh, taking time out of physio, to be learning something else, to be sometimes talking about yourself on podcasts. Oh, my God. (gasps) Can't do that. No, no, no. So um, it seems to be that the mantra um, of clinicians you know, isn't it a bit self-indulgent? Ergo, if it is, that's bad. So therefore, self-indulgent is yeah. inherently a bad thing. We, it's like we all accept that, and then let's have a view on it. Um, I went away before, in, in the two minutes between your conversation with you and, and the podcast, and looked at the definition of self-indulgence. Yeah, and I've got the Oxford Languages definition here. So self-indulgent, characterised by doing or tending to do exactly what one wants, especially when this involves pleasure or idleness. Oh, wow. Idleness when you're a physio. Oh, my God. What are you thinking? Um, It goes back to, okay, pleasure, soothing. Are you allowed to feel pleasure? Uh, Oh, well, only if it does somebody else some good as well. Yeah. Are you allowed to feel pleasure when it doesn't do anybody else any good at all? Oh, not sure. Maybe. Oh, what if I could? Oh, actually, that feels pretty good. <laughs> you know, that, that whole process of questioning and, and then allowing and soothing. Idleness, same thing. I mean, for me, idleness is pleasure. There's a whole movement, isn't there? I don't know if yeah. you've heard of the idler. Um, I love it. Um, it, it. I can't remember where it was started, but there are a whole, you can go on idleness retreats. There are uh, books and papers about idleness um, and you know, really owning it again as a really positive thing for humans to to be. Um, oh. but goodness, it flies in the face. Of being being idle. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's just what you're doing. I'm being idle. Yes. I'm it's not even reading an intellectual novel or anything. I'm no. literally just lying on my bed staring at the ceiling and loving yeah. every moment of it. Oh, Yes, perfect. So I guess my point is, um, though I struggle with it, um, and yes, I'm constantly asking myself, isn't that a bit in self-indulgent? I'm working towards championing self-indulgence. Yeah, okay. 
self-indulgence. I like it. Self-indulgence <laughs> is, yeah. What I mean, what's life for, really, if we yeah. can't self-indulge now and then? Yes. It's like, what's the poem? What this life? Uh, if uh, without a care, we have no time to stand and stare. Oh, okay, that's good. I have another good. Care. Yeah, full, full of care. Okay, I have another one uh, for you, a poem, actually. Uh, it's from a Swedish poet. I can't remember his name right now, but uh, and I need to translate it in my head first. So, from Swedish. That's impressive. Uh, so, okay. Little did I know that the days that came and went was life itself. Yes. Wow, is that, so that was not your native language. Is that yeah. Norwegian and then back to English? So. Yeah, life is what happens when you're busy doing other things. Yeah, exactly. It's that those normal days, those work days, is those, it's those fighting with your kids on, on the morning to get her into the car and off to preschool or anything. And so we're so over-focused on the weekends and plans and marriages and, and, and you know, the super duper stuff that we forget mm. that, you know, life is happening in between. Yeah. And so little did we know that the days that came and went was life itself. Beautiful. Yeah. It's and that's where perfection lies, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Maybe. Could be somewhere mm. in between the cracks. All right. This is a beautiful place to wrap it up. Uh, regarding so. time but uh quick fire round are you ready for the three oh, questions okay yeah okay <laughs> this wasn't on the plan martin <laughs> no it wasn't at all <laughs> so now i just need to pretend i haven't uh, you know improved this either so <laughs> number one what you drinking tonight it's friday oh i am going for a way going away for a weekend with some girlfriends and i've got a really nice rioca all right so you're having a, a weekend off yeah. All right. Being idle. Oh Jesus Christ! That's yeah. All, <laughs> all right. Where, where are you going? Uh, not far. There's. I live in the Cotswolds, and there's um an area with a load of lakes. So we've rented a, a lodge by the lake and taking on paddle boards and. and oh, yeah. Nice, 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 nice. I love those weekends where you just go fuck it. I'm going away. Yeah. yeah. You take the kids. I don't care. I'm off. Yes. That's let, good. Let him be kind to me. <laughs> okay. Now, second favorite TV show at the moment. Um. Oh my God. Oh no. This this one's just come to my head, and and yeah, I'm gonna have to go through the shame. Virgin River, because I have recently watched um, the capture and the undeclared war, um, which were brilliant but slightly traumatic, and brought out all my oh my God, these things could actually happen, and, and blah 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 blah, and. Someone, uh, one of my patients told me that Virgin River is a soothing TV show. And it is. Nothing really bad ever happens. There's beautiful scenery. It's just unchallenging. Virgin River. All right. Good answer. <laughs> Never seen it. Don't have access or blood in them. So Watch some trauma stuff first and then Virgin River. Yeah, I'm kind of just just watching trauma. Well, you're you know, feeding trauma. That's yeah. the only stuff you blooming seem to produce in that country. Yeah, that's <laughs> Okay, third and easiest question. Will you rather get the diagnosis right or have a good process and a good relationship? That's so loaded because I know you're wrong. 
Um, okay, let me hear the question properly and think rather than just answering your answer, which I know what it is. Would I rather get the diagnosis right or have a good process and what? A good process and a good relationship and a good journey with the patient. Oh God, relationship every day of the week. Um, not so fussed about the process. Yeah, I'll let that one go a little bit. But yeah, my world is relationships. Yeah, okay. It's of course wrong. You have to get the diagnosis right. Everybody knows this. Okay, yeah. I will be You fucked up. Off. So close. Sorry. That's okay. Sorry, not just sorry. Uh, try to, this weekend, try not to be too idle. Yeah. Don't self indulge too much. And being wrong. <laughs> yeah. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. <laughs> Pretty open field. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Heroin is probably the only thing on it. So just, okay. yeah, yeah, don't do heroin. No, no, to sell. Yeah. So, just yeah. put down a sticker. Yeah. And, yeah. At least not, while it's not on a paddleboard. Not yeah. Paddleboard. Okay. Well, thank <laughs> you for this. Thank you for. Um, tossing me into the frying pan here and and, and letting me talk to you a bit and oh, you did an amazing job thank you so much oh well thank you and this has been episode 20 of you matter podcast it has thank you martin thank you joe Thank you for listening. Well, I'm so glad I asked Martin to join me. It's an awful lot easier to have somebody to bounce off, to um, to talk to and to see on the screen than to, to just monologue by yourself or interview yourself. So um, like I said on the episode, a huge, huge, huge thank you to Martin for being the person that would just say yes at a moment's notice and come and do such a brilliant job of posting this episode. Um, let me know what you think about the topics. Um, what do we talk about? Perfectionism and a new take on imposter syndrome, the imposter takeover. We talked about um, caring for others as opposed to caring about what others think. Um, we looked at resourcefulness as a as the antidote to perfectionism. And um, yeah, a final word on self-indulgence. So let me know what it brought up for you. Let me know if things resonated or if you have entirely different views about the, the subjects that we discussed. Um, as always, I am really keen to hear. And as always, remember, if you are a clinician, a friend, a parent, a son daughter trying to be all things for everybody all day please take some time please let people be kind to you please take those moments to be idle take those weekends away with friends because you matter <laughs>